When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Are you ready? They think you can tell us what to do. You think you can tell us what to wear. You think that you're better. Well, you better get ready. Bow to the masters. Break it down! Degen Nation fam, what is up? What is happening? It's week 14. We are getting through the grind and we are here. It's the DFS Degen Nation pod. I'm your host, Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Ryan Williams is the government name I go by. And I'm joined by my usual co-host, Kevin Steele at FantasyRat13 is where you can find him on Twitter. And Kevin, we got an interesting slate here for week 14 to dive into. Full game slate, it looks like, um, you know, lots of DraftKings contests that we uh, can talk about and are going to break down. We're here in the Millie uh, looking looking at our looking at all the different positions and, and who we're going to play. And the Millie's got an interesting 50K NFL team win bonus uh, for all nine of your players getting a team win. Uh, you're eligible to qualify for that 50 K bonus. So that's a fun one. Little enticing thing there for the Millie maker. But Kevin, talk to the people. How are you doing? How is your week 13? Uh, give them a little give them a little spiel before we get into the slate. Yeah, we're pretty, we're pretty good. We're pretty good. Uh, the the season long side of it did not. Uh, I got uh, you know I don't play a ton of season long. I actually only have like one outside of the you know SFB and everything that I have. Uh, I got eliminated this week, which is crazy. I had the most points in the league. I actually have I was up by almost three hundred next to the, the next closest person in the league. That's how wow. And I got I got kicked out of the playoffs. <laughs> so. I didn't make the playoffs, I should say. Uh, it's just one of those years. Uh, crazy luck, but it is what it is. It's fine. We still have DFS, and um, my DFS week was pretty good. Um, didn't have any crazy lineups, but um, I did come real close on the afternoon-only slate. Had a lineup. Had I just uh, had I just played the only lineup that I played Kyler Murray in happened to be the nuts lineup. Had everybody in it outside of I had Kyler instead of Golf, which I played a ton of Jared Golf last week. Uh, he was just he was my top play on the slate, and that just happened to be the one the one I lineup I didn't play him in. Had I played him, it would have taken it down. I would think it was 10k to first, so that was a little bit tilting. But overall, it was still a good week in the green, so that's all you can really ask for. Damn, yeah, that definitely is tilting. We talked about Robert Woods on the podcast too, just being cheap, being in a good spot. Uh, it was nice that you were able to get some exposure to him there uh, over on that afternoon slate. And and Kev, we got a fun. Uh, week 14 slate ahead of us. You know, we got Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes at quarterback. A um, couple interesting spots we have 
with injury news. And we're, we're recording this on Wednesday of the week. So not as much news. And we only had a couple practices right now to go off of. Um, so very early look here for the DFS DJ Nation pod. But we appreciate everybody who's joining in uh, and listening in for the pod. So as always, you know, we our pods go live on on YouTube through StreamYard. So we appreciate uh Everything that StreamYard's been able to offer us this year, it's, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, so you can go onto YouTube channel, watch us live. You can go back and watch us, uh, subscribe to the channel, like the pod. We really appreciate all the interaction we've been getting there. And as well, we got our free DFS Slack chat going. I guess it's the free TFA Slack chat with the DFS channel. Uh, we definitely want you guys in there. So if you're new to the pod, or if you, you know, I've only been in for a little bit, kind of getting a taste of it and want to get in on that Slack chat, just DM the DM Nation, DJ Nation pod at DFS DJ Nation, or at DJ Nation pod, excuse me, on Twitter. And then you can also DM Kev at Fantasy Rep 13. We'll definitely get you guys in there. Uh, appreciate all the traffic on uh, our normal podcast software as we're on iTunes, Stitcher, what have you. And we're getting a lot of traction there as well, too. So we appreciate that. And without further ado, Kev, let's let's kind of get into the slate and, and dive right in at quarterback position, as we always do. And like I said, we got Lamar Jackson and Pat Mahomes both on the slate, both in tough matchups here uh, going against Buffalo and New England respectively. So Lamar Jackson on the road against Buffalo played against San Fran at home last week, had a pretty decent outing because of that 100 yard rushing upside that he offers pretty much every week. It seems like Lamar Jackson just having an incredible year, MVP year. Uh, what he's doing on the ground is absolutely remarkable. So he, I feel like he's always in play just because of that. I feel like if I was going to pay up for one, I would I would probably go Lamar just because of the floor that he offers there. I just feel more comfortable. And it just seems like Baltimore just always is finding ways to put up points. The run game is very suspect. You can't trust them. So Lamar Jackson, I think, to me, is in play because of uh, the dual threat that he offers. But then we got Pat Mahomes going against New England. And, and this is a game that kind of has a lot of implications on it, I guess. You know, for one... Uh, if Buffalo wins that home game against Baltimore and New England loses this game uh, after, you know, losing the Houston game, they're, they're really, you know, in trouble with Buffalo here and losing the AFC East, which is just crazy to think about because they've had it on lock for so long. But Pat Mahomes could really, you know, put an end to the rain there for New England uh, as they the team still play once, I believe, on this year. Uh, these teams played in the playoffs last year, Kev, and I – you're the KC guy, so I'm sure you have a lot to say about this game. Uh, Pat Mahomes offers GPP winning upside every week that he's on the slate. Uh, kind of disappointed some people last week, so I feel like, you know, a lot of people might be uh, scared off of him as pretty much Lamar and him flip-flop prices. But, you know, it's Pat Mahomes. He's going to go out there. He's going to play. uh He's going to ball out. Damian Williams, I think, is banged up. The running game situation is all over the place. So it could be a Pat Mahomes every week. I'd, I'd like to get your take on on the top two guys as we get into the slate. You know, we're usually talking about our favorite plays at the position. So before I kick it off to you, Kev, um, I'm looking at this slate early on. I'm loving what I'm seeing at Kyle Allen. He's 5,700 uh, going on the road against Atlanta. But as we talked about last week, Kev, you know, Kyle Allen, 
He has a narrow distribution of targets. That checks the box for me. Um, He's been playing in pretty good matchups and and putting up points in that regard. You know, pretty much flirting around with a floor of just just around 20. I mean, that the Atlanta game, I feel like, was an anomaly. He had the four interception game. And, And people are, like, talking about him like he's not good. And I just don't know like where where this is coming from. I mean, he's been pretty he's been pretty decent. I feel like all year, especially from a fantasy standpoint. I mean, really, you know, yeah, the ugly game against Atlanta and then the ugly game against San Francisco. But we know who San Francisco is at this point. So, you know, he he is a, a poor man's Matt Ryan right now as he's flirting with 300 yards pretty much every week. And you compare him with guys, you know, DJ Moore, 7K, and we can talk about that at wide receiver, but Curtis Samuel is only 4,900. I think that's one of my favorite uh, quarterback to wide receiver stacks this week. Um, the red zone share for Curtis Samuels there. And also um, he's got uh, a, a lot of air yards too, to pile on top of that. So it seems like Kyle Allen's just missing him. Greg Olson should be out this week. So I feel like, and, and Christian McCaffrey's in play every week. So I feel like Carolina stack are, are really some way that I want to go and potentially running back with maybe one piece on the other side. But then Kev, this is going to be ugly, but I'm actually considering going Delvin Hodges um, as well too on some uh, uh, in cash uh, but in a GPP as well, too, um, it looks pretty low flourish um, as we're not seeing, you know, only one touchdown, really not put, putting up a ton of yards there. Uh, but this Arizona team, I, I just the matchup is just so good. Um, so I'm definitely interested in him even at his price. They're giving up the most uh, touchdowns to the quarterback position. They've given up the most yards to the quarterback position. They're, they're giving up the I think the most. Yeah, the most DK points to the position. So and, and Delvin Hodges has been winning games for Pittsburgh, um, you know, what game against Cleveland. Uh, which this was a defense that we thought was pretty decent, but, you know, only put up 11.8. They really didn't need him all that well. It was a tough matchup. Um, Cincinnati as well. There was an ugly game. I believe Finley was starting that game, so that's ugly. And and the Chargers, I, that game has been ugly, and he came in. Uh, so I, th- I think if Arizona is able to put up some points here, we could see him forced to throw a little bit more. And just when you're talking about an on-paper matchup, I do like trying to get some exposure to him. And the the third guy for me would be Sam Darnold. Now, Sam Darnold, people had been talking about him in redraft. I heard you guys talk about him a couple of weeks ago in the redraft pod when he was coming back from from the mono. And he's 6K now. He's disappointed a lot all season, but he's going to be throwing the ball a lot. The attempts are there. He just threw for 48 times against Cincinnati in a favorable matchup that was for the running back. And again, another team in Miami where we targeted quarterbacks against them uh, pretty much all season long. They're giving up the second most touchdowns to the quarterback position. The yards have kind of dwindled down there. They're only giving up the 10th most uh, there, but still, you know, giving up a pretty decent spot, fifth most DK points to the quarterback position. Um, Jamison Crowder is criminally cheap. Uh, Robbie Anderson, I feel like, is always in play. And Ryan Fitzpatrick plays on the other side. So I I think this could be a, a sneaky or not even sneaky, I think this could be a decent shootout here uh, in a game that we saw put up some points last time these two teams met. Uh, So those are the three quarterbacks I'm looking at here in that mid-range and who I'm leaning on. Kev, where are you at right now with quarterback, and what are you finding in your your early look builds um, as we get through, as we get to uh, week 14? 
Yeah, so I think that there's a couple of different, you know, places that I want to go this week, um, at least starting now. But Lamar Jackson, you know, is always in play because of his rushing ability. But this is really not a good matchup at, on the road against Buffalo. Though we've seen him play against other teams that, you know, like last week against San Francisco at home. And, you know, he still, you know, gave you a pretty solid floor. Uh, what do you have? 26.3, which is actually, you know, one of his lower weeks that he's had all year. Uh, you have to go back to week five, really, to find the last time he uh, did not score, I believe, 30. So, or week nine, excuse me but regardless it was still it was still a pretty solid week but you know going against buffalo this week on you know this game's on the road buffalo has allowed the third fewest rushing yards to quarterbacks they've allowed the third or the second fewest uh excuse me points to quarterbacks as well so this isn't the best matchup and at 7400 there's just so many really good mat- or, uh, matchups at quarterback this week i just don't think you have to play lamar jackson at 7400 you know th- the other one is probably Pat Mahomes, like you, you mentioned. And I'm not re- really sure at this point what to make of this game. I know this game has a pretty high point total. Kansas City's on the road going to New England. We saw New England last week get exposed a little bit against against Texans because of the fact of how much team speed they have. And if, if that is one way to beat New England, then New England's uh, going to be in a world of hurt because, uh, you know, Houston does not have the the speed that even Kansas City does. I think this game is going to be one where we've also seen positive line movement already for Kansas City. Uh, they opened as a three point underdog. Now they're it's, it's already been bet down to two, and I think that gets a little bit closer where it could end up being a pick'em, which is crazy to think of New England on the road. But New England's offense has been so bad, and I know people are like, well, yeah, but look at his numbers, uh, Tom Brady's numbers from last week. And I'm sorry, uh, like most of that was garbage time. You know where New England really really strives, um, and, and Tom Brady has been. Uh, you know that dick and duck type of offense that they're not a downfield you know explosive offense like that and kansas city has been that's one area of their secondary that they've really um done really well in is that that short area um passes so for me like i think this game has does have some some shootout potential and i think this is a kind of a revenge game for kansas city who obviously got kicked out of the playoffs last year by new england so you know uh pat mahomes is always in play but i just don't know if you really need to this week like i will have some pat mahomes exposure i'll probably have them stacked with tyreek but for right now, like I just don't think you have to play him because I think there's a lot of guys that uh, you know that I think are in just much better spots. And like for me, starting at Kirk Cousins, like Kirk Cousins is bald this year, going against Detroit. They're at home, and I mean he's played very well. And I, I think you can at least expect at least 20 points. We've seen this matchup already once this year, but Detroit's secondary is is atrocious, certainly beatable. But the last time they played, he scored 32, yeah, 330, and four touchdowns. And if <coughs> excuse me, if Detroit even can keep this a little bit close, then. Um, yeah, I think that you can consider, you know, or you should be definitely want a, a ton of exposure to Kirk Cousins. Um, I think Deshaun Watson all the way down at 6,500 is a little bit too cheap. I know they're they're playing Denver and some people might be afraid of them, but Denver is certainly a defense that, you, that, that can be burned deep as well. You know, with that team speed they have there in Houston, I think you're going to see a lot of Will Fuller and Kenny Stills. So, and I, you know, obviously DeAndre Hopkins is always in play, but I, li- I like Deshaun Watson quite a bit this week as well at 6,500. Um, and then from there, uh, there's a couple other ones here in this, you know, low six, you know, uh, 5k range and starting off like you already mentioned Sam Darnold. I don't need to get in with him. Like, I think that's a, a place you can go to Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, even though he's 6k, it's a little bit tough to pay for that price tag, but the dude has played really well. I mean, especially the last two weeks, he put dropped 30 last week against Philly. He, he dropped 25 against Cleveland. Now, of course those were, you know, a little bit more easier to swallow match, uh, or price tags at five and 5,400, but I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick has played really well. Now, you can always get that other opposite side of him where he throws four touchdowns 
or four interceptions, excuse me. But, you know, this matchup against the, the, the Jets, I'm not worried about that at all. They're a complete pass funnel defense. They're second in pass DVOA. Uh, they're in the 20s, um, or they're, they're second in run DVOA, and they're in the 20s in pass DVOA. So I love playing Ryan Fitzpatrick this week. You know, and it's crazy to say, but, like, this the, the probably the nastiest stack, but, like, you can play Ryan Fitzpatrick and Devontae Parker. Devontae Parker is absolutely bald. He's been yeah. a wide receiver one this year. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, and then if you want to run it back, it's, it's kind of a cheaper stack you can get to. The other one, I think, is definitely Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill has played really well this year since coming in. He's at 5,800. Over the last five weeks, too, I mean, he's really played, like I said, very well. And, you know, he, the deep ball pass is there for him. He has, you know, so, over that same time span, he has, uh, you know, um, He's, he gives you the rushing floor that you're looking for a lot of times, and his his numbers over the last yeah. you know really four or five weeks. You know you've gotten 38, 37, 40 rushing yards from him. Uh, 13 wasn't last week wasn't as good with only five, but he has three rushing touchdowns. He has at least two touchdowns in every game, uh, but one over since week eight. You know he's giving you that 16 to 20. Um, he does have a ceiling of 32, which he did against Jacksonville. The, the only issue I would have is because we know that they want to run the ball. They are not a pass first offense, so that is a little scary playing Oakland. But this is on the road, so I do right. think they're going to have to pass the ball a little more. And if they do, then I think you know 5800 Ryan Tannehill is going to be one of my favorite players on the entire slate because I think that the upside's there. Now, the tough part is, is trying to figure out who you want to pair him with. I think A.J. Brown makes the most logical sense, but you know I think you can make, maybe make a case for Corey uh, for Corey Davis, but I think it would be A.J. Brown or just play him naked. And so, like I said, 5,800 against Oakland, great matchup. They, that's defense that can certainly be beat. I think that is probably where I'll go. And the other one, if you really want to get down there, I think Gardner Minshew going against the Chargers at 5,400 is at least intriguing. Yeah, no, I Nick Foles. I mean, Jacksonville is just so dead to me right now. Um, Nick Foles, one point, uh, played him in cash last week, and uh, friend of the podcast Ben Cummins actually cashed with Nick Foles as his uh, as his quarterback last week. So that was pretty incredible. Chiefs D, um, D.D. Westbrook, as well as McCaffrey. So um, shout out to him. But yeah, I, I we'll talk about it at running back. But I'm I'm leaning the Fournette side of this game. But I think in GPPs, it does make sense. And Minshew Mania is back. They're going against the Chargers. So I definitely don't mind that at all at that price tag. Yeah, Kev, you hit on you hit on Deshaun Watson, which I think is, uh, you know, a great spot to kind of get him. I think it's a buy low spot for him. He's only 6,500 comes in really nice there. the run game for the Houston Texans has not has really like where's Carlos Hyde been? Duke Johnson's been out there and he's been all right, but he's not somebody you're going to lean in week in and week out. So the offense really c- kind of funnels through him in Denver throwing out Drew Locke there uh, this week on the road. Uh, that should definitely be an interesting game. D- Deshaun Watson is like the the eighth or ninth. Or no, I think he's the eleventh. Excuse me, uh, price quarterback on Fanduel, which is ridiculous. So um, I definitely love him over there a, a lot as well too. Real quickly, Kev, if you're planning your flag here, um, where where would you think that you're going to be leaning on your heaviest exposure to the three guys at this early in the week? It's going to be Cousins, Watson, and probably uh, Tannehill for me. I think those are the three that I that right now that I'm really looking at. I still want to see how things plan out because I think like a Matt Ryan at 6600. If we find out Julio Jones is back, and the other one would be Austin Hooper, who also returned to practice. If he gets all of his weapons back, you know, at home. I have no problem with playing Matt Ryan at 6,600, who's probably not going to carry any ownership. I know there's people that, that aren't really high on him, and 
You know, it's, it's going to be fun because I think some of these players, like, you know, like a Pat Mahomes, for example, could be really low-owned, where nobody's going to want to play him. He, Matt, Pat Mahomes probably burned some people last week against Oakland where he only had 175 and a touch, and I think that really burned a lot of people. Now he's on the road going against New England where um, people are still afraid of that, a little bit afraid of that defense, especially in Foxborough, and I don't think, you know, a lot of people are going to want to play him, and I think he's going to be at probably about as lowest owned as you could probably get him at in this spot, and I think that's a mistake. Right. Um, I wouldn't go heavy on him because I just think there's a lot of different ways this game could go. You know, I would definitely want some exposure because he's certainly somebody that can break it, break this entire slate. Um, and then, like I said, so like for me, like right now, it's it's definitely Kirk Cousins, Watson, and Tannehill. But I definitely I've got to be monitoring some of these other situations with Matt Ryan. And, you know, there's, you know, guys like Jameis Winston and Darnold and Fitzpatrick, like all those guys, I, I could see people wanting to play and, what you know, would understand playing them because I think they all have a, um, you know, you can make a case for all of them. Yeah, I mean, I think for me, it comes down to, uh, oh, my God, where was I? Uh, Sam Darnold for for me, uh, definitely. And then Kyle Allen. Those are those are my two favorites just because I love the pieces around them. Um, you know, I'm going to try and see what I can do to play around with with some uh, Delvin Hodges there at 5,900, which looks gross. But can we talk about uh, again, that for a second? Uh, was, yeah, like I can understand playing Delvin Hodges if he was 5K or 4,800, something like that. But he's right. 5,900. Like he's the same price as Drew fucking Breeze, and he's a hundred dollars cheaper than Ryan Fitzpatrick, and a hundred dollars cheaper than but Sam Darnold. And he'll have no ownership. I, I, I get no that, and I, and I get the matchup, but I just don't think he has a ceiling. Like, I, what is his ceiling? Is it is it ten? Is it fifteen? You know, I, I mean, don't. I mean, I don't think we know that. I mean, because we we've seen we don't it, really so know like that. so like we could say like, oh, well, he hasn't been like a great matchup. Now, I guess it's somewhat tough because I think what he he came in in relief in Cincinnati, but like even in Cincinnati, he went five for eleven for one hundred eighteen yards and a touchdown. He scored eight points. And the thing is, like, he was an athletic quarterback that could use his legs. We haven't seen that at all. They're not they're not using him in that way. And also, I think James Conner has a pretty good shot of being back this week. And if Conner's back, like, I think they're just going to run the shit out of the ball and lean on their defense. Like, I don't think you're going to see. Del- Unless they fall behind, which would be somewhat yeah, surprising against Arizona, I, I I don't know. Like so, like I feel like, like I said, if he was much cheaper, if he was down here in the David Blau, Drew Locke, Derek Carr, you know, range, then I'm okay. Yeah, that makes some sense. But when you're talking, I mean, he's up there with you know some of the best plays on the slate, and so like I, I don't know. I, I just think that's tough because like who are you pairing him with? You know, I guess you hope Juju's back. Yeah, I mean, if if Juju's back, he'll be cheap. I mean, if you got Deontay Johnson out there, uh, Vance McDonald flowchart, there's ways to pair him um, where you're not spending a lot of salary. He'll be low owned. And there's so much variance at the quarterback position. That's that's why I wanted to bring him up because it is such a good spot on paper. And it's the other side. Like we're not talking about him going against Buffalo on the road or going against, you know, New England on the road. Like this is Arizona on the road. And Arizona has played in some pretty high scoring games. I mean, even against good defenses, you look at these San Fran games, like 26 to 36, they lost 25 to 28. They lost. 9 to 31 against New Orleans but like in and you know 20 to 38 against Carolina uh 7 to 34 last week so they weren't putting up points but the Rams were so like if you know from a tournament standpoint I'm I'm just saying what can I build around a Devlin Hodges team where he's not going to be low uh, owned at all and if we do get a you know a Vance McDonald type of Tyler Higby game as we saw last week and I can pair him with him and maybe Juju comes back, then yeah, 
I'm, I'm going to look to see what I can do with that. I'm not going to start my builds there, but I definitely think it's an interesting spot to just bring up uh, with the way Pittsburgh's been playing and the way that Arizona can run it back on the other side uh, with Kyler Murray out there. I mean, I, I just wanted to bring it up because of the matchup. I I, I want to play around with it and see where I land up. But again, this is early, just first look, and I looked at that matchup, and that was nice. Another one who has a good matchup, uh, real quick before we move on um, from the position, unless there's something else you want to talk about, is Jacoby Brissett, Kev. And Brissett has another uh, – we'll talk about Zach Pascal later on and Jack Doyle later on. But he, you know, it's really hard to kind of determine what he's going to do. But, you know, the run game is pretty much, you know, without Marlon Mack, it's it's up in the air. Jonathan Williams was nowhere to be found last week um, against Tennessee. And now they're going against Tampa Bay, which is a stout run defense and a pass funnel. So I'm looking at Jacoby Brissett and, and seeing, okay, you know, you threw for 319 against Tennessee last week in week 13, only one touchdown. You only have two in your past five games, two touchdowns in your past five games. But can we go back and remember the Houston game where you put up 31, uh, four touchdowns for 300 yards? You know, is there some way that Tampa Bay can put up points here or the game's competitive and they need to throw and Jacoby Brissett can get there. And as I'm doing my builds, I'm, I'm falling on these guys that I do like in Indy. And so I think I'll have to find myself trying to get some exposure to Jacoby Brissett on the offhand that the whole offense goes bananas from the, from the uh, passing, passing game side. Are you interested in Brissett at all, Kev? Again, like I feel like that he's just too he's too, he's too expensive um, at sixty one hundred. I just feel like that there's just better plays um, around him. You know, even like a Baker at sixty three hundred. Uh, you know, um, or is he good? I think he plays. I don't. I don't see how he does. I know that he was limited. Uh, he doesn't really need to practice. I mean, I mean, I don't know. They said it's contusion, right? I mean, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I feel like he definitely plays. I can't. I can't see where that he doesn't play in this game. So. But like I said with Brissett, I mean, I would just find the extra four hundred and play Watson, or extra five hundred and play Ryan, or the extra six hundred and play Cousins, or um, pay down from Brissett and play uh, Darnold or Fitzpatrick or you know Tannehill or what have you or Kyle Allen, whatever. Like I just think the, like these guys are just not that it's a terrible matchup for Brissett, but or you know it's one of the better on the slate actually I should say. But I just don't know what his ceiling is. Like if you go back and look, like. I mean, he's had one game where he scored the 31 against Houston, but I believe that was when T.Y. Hilton was uh, was active, which he's not. And now it sounds like T.Y. Hilton mm-hmm. might be out for the year. I mean, you have to go all the way back to earlier in the year, but lately, I mean, it's 17, 13, 16, 2, 10, you know, like <clears throat> it's just not looking good for, for Brissett. So while this matchup right. is, is a solid one, I just don't think this is one that I that I feel like you have to go there with all the other plays that we have on the slate, it'd be different if this was a week where we have a ton of bye weeks and everything else that's happening. I just don't think there is. So yeah, I I probably won't have much, but you know, the couple other ones that I wanted to, you know, was kind of interested in would be like, or not interested, but see what your thoughts are. would be like Jimmy Garoppolo, who is 5,600. What are your thoughts about him? And then, you know, somebody like a a Tom Brady, where where are you at with those guys this week where Brady's at what, 6,100 and then Garoppolo's at 5,600? Yeah, I, I, I'll definitely have some Tom Brady exposure, especially coming off the game. We, we just saw it, um, the comeback. It kind of is frustrating because I think he looks so 
kind of dead in the water that it would have lowered his ownership there if they didn't have that kind of whatever it was, four minute run or four minute drill uh, where he's able to kind of salvage the day. Um, But, you know, like you said, this is projected to be a high scoring game. It is still Tom Brady. There are still uh, pieces to be had there. So for GPP perspective, I love it. I love that it's the later game and, especially for Pat Mahomes too, because I think you can definitely run Pat Mahomes naked or stack him with somebody. And, and Brady, um, I love being able to stack him with a guy like James White and just taking the two of them and not even trying to get to Edelman or Sanu or Dorsett or any of these guys because Myers is out there running routes. Harry's out there running routes. Ben Watson's healthy. Like I just don't think there's anybody that you can trust in the wide receiver game right now um, outside of Edelman, but that that makes it that much more of an appealing and compelling GPP play to me. Um, for G- Garoppolo, um, you know, I, let's see who's out there. If, if we get Kittle out there uh, and the the receiving core is healthy, then I could I could definitely be interested in it for this price tag um, in the Superdome. But outside of that, I mean, I think that these two teams try to play to their defensive strengths. And I just don't, And I mean, unless New Orleans gets up heavy here, like, you know, I don't really know if he'll hit. And I'm, I'm, I'm very rarely ever targeting the San Fran passing game. Like in situations where I want to target San Fran, like I'm playing the Tevin Coleman's, the Brita's, the Mosert's of the world, um, because they just are so run heavy. Like even when it comes to the red zone, uh, that's what they want to do. It's not going to be a matchup for them to do that, but I think this could probably be a lower scoring game than most people are projecting, uh, just because how the defenses are playing right now. Right. So I mean, the, the Saints are also um, a pretty heavy, are, are pretty decent at. So they've allowed the the tenth most points to the quarterback position, but they've been almost elite against the run. So. With it being in, in New Orleans and everything else, like I think there is some intrigue here with Jimmy Garoppolo, where you could pair him with a George Kittle or you know Debo Samuel, who's also played very well for them. So I'll probably have you know I'd like to have a little bit of, of look at maybe play him in some some lower tier stuff, but I won't I won't go crazy with him. My thing with Tom Brady is that, like I said, like I mean, he that offense. And I know, like again, people are gonna say, "Well, yeah, he threw for three hundred yards, three touchdowns against the against the Texas." Well, he, he that was uh, most of it came all in garbage time. He looks lost, throwing multiple interceptions, passes that you just wouldn't typically see him do. But it, this has been something we've seen all year from him. Mm-hmm. Right now, like the problem is, is that they they just don't have anybody outside of Edelman, so teams are just double and triple teaming him and saying, "Okay." You're not going to do anything else. You don't have a tight end. Um, you're not going to do anything else. And then te- the Texans did something really smart last week, which, which was putting a corner on James White instead of pairing him against a linebacker because just nobody's afraid of their weapons. And the thing is, too, like um, the Chiefs' defense has has become more and more as, we, as these years have gone on. Is, is they've started pressuring more, and they're going to bring the house against against New England, and they're going to say you're going to have to throw the ball to, to beat us, right. and that's and and so like I honestly wouldn't be surprised if this is another game that we've seen from the Chiefs and Andy Reid where they just beat the shit out of the Patriots because. I think there's a lot of different things that go into this, and whether and it's in Fox, New England bro. or not, yeah, we've seen it before. Um, yeah, 
and unless, it did it a few years ago. I'm just saying. So we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I just don't love Tom Brady. I don't think he has much of an upside unless unless they do get down by a lot. And, you know, they have to – they have to because, like I said, all that came in garbage time. Other than that, if you look at this 11, 8, 14, 18, 12, you know, you have to get all the way back to week six, you know, uh, when, he, when he actually – was that was a competent quarterback? So I don't know. Maybe we'll see them break out of this. Yeah. We'll figure something out in this. But I'm not confident. I mean, like I said, I think the I think the way to unlock the Brady upside, if you if you're going to try and get there in GPPs, is by saying, you know, how can I try not to pick one of these receivers because it's it's just so hard to do. So we we had that a couple of weeks ago when everybody thought it was uh, Muhammad Sanu week, but. Uh, it's Tom Brady, and then if you can get into some James White exposure, I, I love that stack. Uh, the Patriots are, you know, let's let's look at reverse DVOA here, Kev. Like the Patriots are eighth DVOA, um, or I'm sorry, 14 DVOA, but eighth in yards per pass. Um, the Chiefs are third DVOA in pass offense with third yards per pass. So um, there is definite upside, definite upside to taking this and especially if you're saying that you know Mahomes goes out there and does what Watson did and kind of just you know get some points up on this defense that really I don't want to say lost their way but just has looked beatable um and then Brady you know leading back the run like when they get down Sony Michelle is nowhere near the field uh Bolden nowhere near the field they're getting James White out there and they're using Rex Burkhead so um I, th- I do think there's definite upside to that play. It's not a core play that I would get, but if you're telling me I'm building a 20 max team and having 10% of Tom Brady, I, I definitely wouldn't mind that at all. <clears throat> um, let Kev, let's tackle uh, running backs here and, and, and keep the pod rolling. We got Christian McCaffrey and oh my God, he's finally seen a price decrease of $200 uh, down to uh, 10-3 uh, now as he – you know, only put up 17 DK points, only 17. So didn't see the end zone, um, you know, really a pedestrian game for him. He really wasn't needed all that much. Uh, this, you know, the game kind of relied on Kyle Allen to hit for DJ Moore, hit Curtis Samuel. So uh, he wasn't able to put his upside game up, but now he's 10-3. Um, he's always in play. I'm not going to say that he's not. I just haven't found my way into trying to jam him into builds, uh, I should say. So the three running backs for me, Kev, that I really like, and I, and I touched on it already. Um, you got James White and I'm trying to find his price here. I know he's down there. Yeah. James White at 5,500. Um, I, I mean, it's going to be a competitive game from my perspective. That's a game throw that I'm predicting. Uh, love that he got a season, high of 14 attempts uh, that we haven't seen him hit double digits on the ground in carry. So that was nice to see. And then, you know, you see what he can do. 11 targets, eight catches, 98 yards, uh, 37 points. He ended up being the highest scoring uh, running back on the slate. And James White just has a role. I think he's the, he's the best play on new England price considered 
to take in this matchup. And so, and especially at that price, like he should definitely be priced a couple hundred dollars more. He's not. So James White is, is definitely the way that I'm finding to get my exposure to that game right behind him. We got Devonta Freeman. I talked about him on the Thanksgiving pod. He came out, got 21 touches in his first game back there. Uh, only put up 51 yards, but again, this was a New Orleans defense that isn't really stout. He did get double-digit double DK points. He goes against Carolina now, who's very susceptible uh, to the run um, and on the ground. So at 5,400, I think that that's a misprice for him, and I, I definitely like getting exposure to him uh, on teams where I have that Carolina stack, as I was talking about. And then Leonard Fournette, so Leonard Fournette being back with Gardner Minshew, I tried to go back and look at the stats and there's nothing really that stands out outside of the carries Kev. So he only had this uh, over 15 carries when he was uh, in that Tennessee game, which was pretty crazy because they actually leaned on him in the passing game to, to get back in it. He put up 36 DraftKings points, uh, but had 24 touch or 24 carries in that game. Uh, and then, you know, with Nick Foles coming back in the realm, only eight and 14. And with Minshew there, you know, they were really trying to get him established and utilize him a lot on the ground while still giving him, you know, anywhere from three to six targets. So Leonard Fournette going against the Chargers, I just, I just feel like this is uh, such a good spot for him. We know the touches are going to be there. Um, the definite upside is going to be there as, as the Chargers have not shown that they can, really stop or, or keep up with anybody um, kind of middle of the pack there when it comes to yards allowed. Uh, but they've allowed, you know, nine touchdowns on the position uh, to the position Carolina, just to talk about Devonta Freeman, uh, Carolina's allowed 19. So the touchdown equity and upside there could be real good for him. Uh, but the Chargers allowing 27 DK points, to the position, I just, I just love that play. Um, and he's only 7,800, which is not too cheap. I really do, Kev, want to get your opinion. He's questionable. Uh, Dalvin Cook, obviously, in a good spot, too, going against Detroit. Detroit's been smashed on the ground all year. So I think he he's definitely in play, too. But I'll probably be trying to, you know, maybe pay up for more upside at receiver this week than for running back. But Derek Henry, Kev, as I toss it over to you, he's been phenomenal. I mean, just absolutely like you have to have them in GPP winning lineups uh, with the production he's given you 27 points last week against Indy 32 against Jacksonville 36 against KC 24 against Carolina. Um, but his price tag was, you know, 5,700, 6,400, uh, 69, 76. Now he's up to eight, two on DraftKings, And this is not a guy who catches passes. He's just been, obliterating defenses and taking off big runs, but Oakland's still a pretty decent matchup for him. But at 8,200, I just don't know if I can get there with Fournette just only $400 cheaper. So I do think it is a question you have to ask yourself, is Derrick Henry worth getting to, or are there plays around him that just make a ton more sense that will offer way more upside uh, than Henry can give you. So I want to get your thoughts on that and then talk to me about your favorite plays at the running back position. It's tough, right? Because 8,200 is, is a lot to ask for for a player who doesn't catch passes. So, you know, the upside's certainly there. Oakland is not good against the run. I mean, that they can certainly get on top of that. But that price tag, I think it makes it pretty risky. Like I said, I typically want to play uh, 
I typically want to play running backs who have pass catching upside, and I just don't know if Derrick Henry has that. I mean, basically, you're you're seeing two to three targets for him every single game, regardless right. of game script. But yeah, he, I mean, he's somebody that can go out and you know rush for 150 and four touchdowns. You know, like it's it's in the range of possibility uh, for him. So. Will I have some exposure? Maybe a little bit, but it's not going to be as much. And I think he's going to be pretty popular. And especially, you know, as a pivot off of like a Dalvin Cook or the Christian McCaffrey's of the world. But I just really wouldn't want to do it. I just think that that price tag is a little bit too much. Uh, you know, we don't have to talk about Christian McCaffrey at 10-3. It's not, you know, it. he's Christian McCaffrey. We don't have Dalvin Cook. Like, I'm not concerned with really with this injury at all. If we were, it'd be a free square Alexander Madison week, but we're just not going to get that. I think he's perfectly fine. So unless the, the, the Minnesota, you know, gets up early and establishes himself and gets a big lead, then I think that maybe he doesn't get the utmost opportunities. But I think with Dalvin Cook at 9,500, I mean, he's a fantastic play. But for, you know, the guys that I'm really going to have the most of, I think Melvin Gordon against Jacksonville. Jacksonville has been so, so bad against the run. You know, Melvin Gordon, it, the, the opportunities are there for him. You know, he had 20, you know, t- what, 20 attempts last week. So his targets, three, five, one, and four. Uh, so I think this is just a great spot for him. And I think this is a game that, that they can kind of control a little bit. I'm not really worried about Jacksonville getting out to some huge lead against them. Uh, Jack, you know, especially now with the Chargers defense kind of back at full strike with um, their two safeties returning with Derwin James and um, um, Phillips there in, in L.A. So uh, mm-hmm. 6,400 uh, Melvin Gordon is way, way too cheap. And I'll, I'll take that all day. At, you know, I'll kind of start there with the running back position because I think a lot of these guys, you know, like, I would love to play Le'Veon Bell, for example, but Le'Veon Bell has been a train wreck at 7,200. Like, he's not worth it to me. Alvin Kamara, 7K Alvin Kamara is pretty intriguing, but they're going up against one of the best pass defenses or best run defenses in the league and, uh, you know, a defense that is great against pass catching running backs as well. So it's really tough to play, you know, to play Alvin Kamara, even at that amazing price tag. You have Aaron Jones, who, you, he's either going to break the slate or he's going to completely bury you. And, you know, we, uh-huh. we, we, he has that 40-point upside against Washington. Could he do it? Absolutely he could. You know, and at 6700 it's not a crazy price to ask. But, man, he's so volatile. He's 100% a GPP play and one that I probably wouldn't have a ton of, uh, you know, because, I mean, last week was a great play, especially in the snow. You would have thought, hmm, they're going to run the ball. You know, the snow, everything's going up. Nope. And, and then you have Jamal Williams sitting there. Yep, I did. <laughs> yeah, it's going to sit there and uh, you know and get opportunities as well and 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 take that from you, which is what hurts you with like a, a Nick Chubb, right? Nick Chubb's in a fantastic spot this week against Cincinnati, home uh, home favorites against a terrible run defense. Eight K, everything makes sense, but the problem is is that Kareem Hunt is killing him right now and taking away value. And so, can you play Nick Chubb? Absolutely, but I wouldn't have a ton of them. So, like, what I'm getting at, there's a lot of these guys that just aren't really in great spots at, at the top of the list here. Like, it's Christian McCaffrey and Dalvin Cook, for sure. And you could probably make some case for Derrick Henry, though you, you're not going to expect much in the pass-catching realm. And if they do fall behind in any way, Derrick Henry's dust. So, at 8,200, that's that's a tough ask. But So, I think it's I think it's kind of a, a pay-this-middle-of-the-road here. Because I think Melvin Gordon, like I said, 6,400, love him. You know, last week I, w- I was kind of off him. But now, I think in a, a, a much 
much better matchup for Devonta Freeman. Uh, I don't think his ceiling is huge, but at 5,400, he doesn't need to have a huge ceiling. But if you look, I mean, 17 attempts and five targets last week uh, against New Orleans, which is a, a fantastic run defense. But at 5,400, I do think he's going to be fairly popular in this matchup because we just saw what Darius Geis and even Adrian Peterson did against this defense last week. But I think at home, Devonta Freeman at 5,400 is, is a pretty easy one to get to. And I think you can like him a little bit more even than a Phil, or, you know, Phil Lindsay and guys like that. I like Devonta yeah. Freeman. Um, I think Darius Geis, again, I had a ton of Darius Geis. I was surprised how low he was. I do get the, the fact of, you know, they were playing Cal Dude, like I said, Carolina has been fucking awful this year against running backs. And I, I was shocked at how little ownership. I actually got on him kind of late, but I had a ton of Darius Geis um, ownership last week, which really helped me out. And I think he's in a fantastic spot again at 4,900 against Green Bay, especially if they're trailing because they also utilize him as the pass catching back. And so, like I said, I think Darius Geis at 4,900, I think is super interesting. I'm kind of waiting to see what's going to happen with, you know, in San Francisco. Um, Cause I do think Matt Breed is going to be back this week, which kind of kills what, what it maybe have been with Raheem Mostert at 4,600, you know, and, and what, what would have been a terrible matchup. But I think if he was priced low enough, maybe there was some intrigue there. And then after mm-hmm. that, like, you know, the, the KC running back situation is going to be another one to kind of monitor here because of how often they use their, their running backs in the passing game. But right now you have LaShawn McCoy, who's 4,400. It doesn't sound like Damian Williams is going to play. I would be surprised if he does. Um, Daryl Williams is definitely not going to play. And then from there, you know, I think that there is – and like so the other one would be Darwin Thompson, who is 4K. They did sign Spencer Ware – but it sounds like today after uh, Andy Reid spoke and said that it does not look promising that I don't know if Spencer Ware is even going to play this week because I, I guess he's not ready. And so if he's not if he's not active and if they don't activate Elijah McGuire, who they have on their practice squad, then I think it's pretty narrow because I think then you could make a case for like a Darwin Thompson as long as he's not too. Uh, it's going to really depend on what his, his ownership comes out to be if, if he becomes super chalk because I, I don't want any part of that. Because it just doesn't seem like they're willing to give LaShawn McCoy a huge workload. They're not looking to do that. They haven't done it all year, really. And I just don't I just don't think it's going to happen. So if Damian Williams sits, who didn't practice today, so it doesn't sound like that that's going to be an option, that's a pretty cheap price tag to ask for on a Kansas City defense or a Kansas City running back who can get you easily... I mean, at the very least, at 4K, 4,400 or 4K can get you in that 12 to 15 range, which is which is something kind of you're looking for if you're paying down that far. Anything more than that, just like icing on top. Yeah, no, that I definitely was wanting to hear what you were what you were uh, gonna say on that KC situation there, Kev, because you know I'm looking at Lashawn McCoy, and I've I've rarely, rarely, rarely played him this year at all. Um, I think maybe on some uh, some of the showdown slates, I've gotten exposure to him. But he, you know, he's at least seen this New England team. I, you know, I think this is something where, like, when we're talking about, like, guys like Frank Gore and guys who have been around uh, just the block a little bit here who have experience in these games that are going to be tough, that are going to be grinded out, that are going to be, you know, all, all eyes on them and must win games here. He's had some experience playing against New England when he was at Buffalo and being utilized in that passing game. He's still showing explosiveness um, out there in the backfield and, and Mahomes has leaned on him. So if, if we get some of these guys out, I think LaShawn McCoy at this price tag, like, uh, you know, I definitely want exposure to that, and it will be hard to ignore. 
Um, as you said, Kev, with them utilizing the pass catchers so much. And, and he has definite upside to pay off that price. I mean, that's that's really what you're looking for. Can he pay off that price tag um, of 4400 And I think he can, you know, you're talking about 3X if he gets 12 points there. Uh, I think he can definitely flirt with, you know, 15, you know, 15, 18, maybe even 20 um, if he gets a score. So uh, that's definitely compelling there. Um, real quick, some other guys, Kev, that I wanted to touch on. I mean, uh, you talked about Kamara and, and 7K. I think I, I think he'll be at this stage in the week. I've seen touts talking about him already against San Fran, which is it, it, crazy to me. Um, I get the price tag is favorable, but like I, I just don't know. He's still dealing with this lingering injury. I feel like it's a San Fran defense. It is at home. 7K does feel cheap, but my God, I mean, I just don't know how you can trust him right now. But he, that makes him a compelling tournament play, I guess. Uh, I wouldn't have him at all in cash games. Um, where was I at here? Yeah, Jamal Williams, you touched on. He's 4,800. He has a role. Um, if Aaron Jones can't get there, you're hoping that maybe Jamal Williams could, uh, I'd have some GPP exposure to him. And then Kev, it's not a good matchup, but like, what are we doing with the Tampa Bay running back situation? So Peyton Barber comes in at 4,200. They're going against Indy. It's not all that great of a matchup, but he just went for two scores. Ronald Jones is benched because he apparently forgot how to pass block. And Bruce Arians has no patience for running backs that can't go out there and do that. So we get Peyton Barber here at 4,200 that could see more of a lion's share workload. Uh, You interested at all? Would you go down and play somebody like uh, Patrick Laird at 4,100 who seems to have somewhat carved out a role for him with Kalen Balazs not being in the mix? Um, are are you in, involved or interested with any of these guys here down at the bottom? Oh, Patrick Laird. Remember we I mean, we talked about him a couple weeks ago. as kind of a you know maybe a one off, uh, and now yeah. here we are. And he uh, was just <laughs> actually as bad on the ground as Kalen Balaj was. So I'm not sure if it's just their offensive line is just that atrocious and they just cannot run block because he was just as bad. The, the only upside with him is his or his his involvement in the passing game because last week he had ten attempts for five rushing yards. So that was uh, about as bad as it gets. But he did end up with uh, four receptions on five targets for 43 yards and found the end zone. So he got you that 16.8. No, I, I don't think I can play him though. <laughs> like. Uh, <laughs> I don't enough. know. Like I think some people will. Like like I said, the Jets' defense against the run has been great. They're number two in, in run DVOA. It's just not a great matchup. Sure, I, I guess you could probably project him a little bit for some for some targets. Maybe he does end up seeing another five or six targets, and if he gets forty yards and somehow finds the end zone, yeah, he could do it again. You know, um, it's tough, and I probably wouldn't count on it. I just think there's other plays in the four K range. Uh, you know, like we already talked about with Darius Geis at 49. Um, I do think, honestly, I think Alexander Madison is in play. I know we've, I think we've talked about it in other weeks, but he gets opportunities. Unless you think Detroit can keep can stay and, and can can push them or even get a lead in this game, like I, I think there's there's at least some merit for Alexander Madison, even though it's not necessarily 
because like I think this is a fantastic matchup with Dal- with Dalvin Cook coming off the injury. It's going to be a short week. I do think Dalvin Cook starts. But if they're able to get ahead and build a lead, I think they pull Dalvin Cook immediately and say, get out of here. We're not going to risk you. You're coming yeah. off a little bit of a stinger and an injury. And 4,500, no one's going to play Alexander Madison because Dalvin Cook's going to play. And I think that's an excellent leverage play off of Dalvin Cook. And, I mean, he could end up getting in the entire second half to himself. And he already gets opportunities, you know, throughout the game anyways. And he is like Dalvin Cook clone over here. And so 4,500, I, I wouldn't go crazy with it. I wouldn't have a ton. Um, I, would be, uh, I would be smart with that and maybe only play him in a couple, just a couple one-offs or something like that. But I do think Alexander Madison at least uh, is an interesting play in this 4K range. I can't play a Tampa Bay running back. It's way too hit or miss. One, you know, last week looked like a great matchup to play a Tampa Bay running back, and you know, I guess it. I guess if you decide to play Peyton Barber, I guess it, maybe it would have. I guess it would have worked out. But I just there's just too much into the hot hand, and I can't. I just can't play one of them. So for me, like I would rather take a shot. And it, it's it's it is crazy now too. Actually, now I'm looking at this that David Johnson is 4,200. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. it's so oh wild. like just pour one yeah, out for the that. homie. Yeah, I think the other the other one would either be I think maybe you could make a case for a, possibly a Royce Freeman if you wanted to. I mean, I, it's not a strong case. He he was limited due to a rib injury. Uh, it's not like a, a great matchup. He's not getting as many opportunities. But he, he I mean, he did see four targets last week. Um, five attempts, but like that's a, a complete dart throw play. But like I said, I think the one that I would really have the most interest in probably would be Darwin Thompson because of the fact, like if you look at LaShawn McCoy, like we were talking about that, LaShawn McCoy hasn't played over 50% of the snaps since week six. Like it's 41, 32, 11, 41, 43. And then he had the 54 against Houston and 24, 46, 38, 36, 16%. Like he's not playing like, the lion's share. And right now, it, what could end up happening and what we may see is either, because it doesn't sound like Spencer Ware is going to be active. So if he's not, and Damian Williams and Daryl Williams, none of them are active, then what we're basically looking at is, like I said, I think it's going to be LaShawn McCoy and then Darwin Thompson for this week. And I, But I could very well see them activate Elijah McGuire off their practice squad is who somebody they signed and they've really, really talked up last week um, once they brought him onto their practice squad. They actually tried to sign him uh, the, over the offseason, but he ended up choosing going to the Cleveland, and he was on their practice squad, and they ended up bringing him over here uh, last week now. And so they really talked him up and talked about they, that Andy Reid said that he thinks that he's somebody that could have a future in this offense, um, which was kind of surprising for someone to say that when they signed their practice squad. But we, we have seen some good things out of Elijah McGuire when he wasn't with the Jets. So um, that's another subplot to monitor because I, I would not – if so – if they if they if we find out that they activate Elijah McGuire, I honestly I know people are going to think because of what happened with Darwin Thompson. I don't think Andy Reid truly believes in Darwin Thompson because of some of the stuff that he said post game, and we just haven't seen him get any opportunity. The only reason he played was because one, Darrell Williams got hurt, and two, it was complete garbage time last week. If they do run just the two backs, then yes, I would want some Darwin Thompson because because he's going to get opportunities. Because like I said, Lashawn McCoy just doesn't play that much. I do think then at that point, if they only run the two running backs, then I would want Darwin Thompson. Now, if they play, if, if Elijah McGuire is active, that's going to be a problem. And I don't know. I think that either one muddies the backfield too much to where you wouldn't want to play any of them. Even taking a shot on Elijah McGuire, who could get more opportunities than people think. Yeah. Wow. Um, that's your Kansas City insider here at the DJ Nation 
uh, DFS podcast. Uh, it, it, it'll, it'll be something to monitor, Kev. So we we definitely have to you know keep that keep that in mind because these guys are just too cheap that if they're going to be utilized or if we get word that they're going to be you know out there and, and seeing run um, and any any type of uh, significant exposure we, we'll definitely want to want to get there in some spots uh, Kev let's toss it over to wide receiver here and I think this is where we always have a lot of fun of, of talking about our plays uh, so before we get it yeah we'll, let's do an overall view of this of this position as well too. Uh, just because I think there's so many different ways you can go. But I want to talk about our favorite place of the position. So for me, <clears throat> it starts as this. Um, I think, well, my first favorite play, and I don't know if, I won't, if I'll have a lineup without him, Kev. That's how strongly I feel about him this week, is Jamison Crowder. Um, Jamison Crowder has disappointed for two weeks now in a row against Cincinnati and Oakland. Um, Seeing 13 total targets still, still, but just hasn't been connecting with Sam Darnold. Uh, I think this is the perfect get right spot for him. He went for 983 and one against this team earlier in the year for 22 DraftKings points. Um, Miami's given up the six most fantasy points to the wide receiver position. Uh, they're giving up the uh, seventh most or sorry, eighth most DK points to the wide receiver position. Uh, But they've given up the most touchdowns as well. Uh, Jamison Crowder at this price tag can well pay it off. Uh, I think people are forgetting about him. He's my favorite, like one-off Jets play. And if I'm playing Sam Darnold, I'm I'm going to have exposure to him. So I love him uh, this week. I will have a ton of exposure to him. You know, I, I really... I really want to trust Devontae Parker, Kev. He's uh, 6,900, which I think is just a troll by DraftKings to put him at that price tag. But the target shares is excellent. Uh, Fitzpatrick has loved him. I, you know, it makes all the sense in the world to play Devontae Parker. In tournaments, though, I'm probably going to get to DJ Moore. DJ Moore has uh, been leading receivers the past couple of weeks in air yards. Uh has had 11 or more targets in the past four games, 10 or more in the past five, uh, three touchdowns in the past two games. Uh, talk about somebody who's favoring a target. Uh, Kyle Allen leans on DJ Moore a lot. Um, seven, seven K it does. It, it feels a little too high um, with Curtis Samuel being only four, nine, but uh He's connecting with DJ Moore just so so much more often that I think that I think the equity is there. Um, so it, it's really going to be tough for me to choose between those guys, but I think I'm leaning DJ Moore now. And then up at the top, if we get Julio is ruled in, uh, I'm going to have stupid exposure to Julio uh, in this matchup against Carolina. I mean, he's 7,500. The price is too cheap. It's it's Julio Jones. I, I want him out there uh, going against. James Bradbury, who hasn't been able to guard him and completely shut him down in every matchup that they faced in their career uh, with this being a divisional matchup. And um, I I just think the ownership will be way, way low on him. That could definitely pay off there. Um, We we need the Julio Jones week. But if he doesn't go, uh, it's Stephon Diggs in this matchup. Uh, the, The Lions and the Vikings both 
are giving up insane amounts of points here uh, to the wide receiver position. So uh, the Vikings are giving up the fifth most DK points to the position. The Lions are giving up the uh, sixth most. So, and we just saw what they, you know, Anthony Miller and, and A-Rob just burned them. Uh, they're, they're giving up uh, the fourth most yards to wide receiver position. It's the touchdowns that really have them, you know, kind of salvaging and not moving up to the top. They've only given up 12 touchdowns on the year. Uh, that's, that's good enough for, for middle of the road. So you're, you're really hoping that Stefan Deuce can find the end zone here, but with no Adam Thielen, he's going to be peppered uh, with targets in this matchup. There, there's just really, uh, I don't. I don't think that Slay can can match up with him. Um, but even if you know Thielen mispractice Wednesday, I don't think he'll play. Uh, if Thielen plays, though, uh, I think I'd be more interested in, in Diggs even more so because that should then lower his ownership for those people just wanting to get to Thielen. I think in this matchup that is still good uh, with him battling injury, but those are the three I'm starting with. And then we can open up the the forum there, Kev, to talk about some of these other plays, but I think that's where I'm starting at. And uh, I want to see where your starting points are at. So starting on the top, Michael Thomas is definitely in plays and plays every single week. We, you know, a 300, he's not as expensive as he was Tyreek slate killer. Uh, He can either kill your lineup or he's going to wreck the, he's going to just destroy it at 8,100. Um, I know people are gonna, you know, people are gonna say, oh, well, they're gonna try to take him away and double and triple team, which is certainly possible. And if that's what you believe, and if, like, in my opinion, if if that is where things are leading you, and you think that they're gonna try to take Tyree Kill away, you know, and limit um, Travis Kelsey, then I would be hammering, hammering McCall Hardman at thirty eight hundred, uh, because I think that is that is a fantastic spot. Wow. So if that's kind of where you're at. Then, you know, McCall Hardman. So if you look at McCall Hardman, he played 44% of the snaps, 72%, 22, 32, and then 16 going all the way back. You know, that was back whenever, um, you know, obviously the Green Bay and the Minnesota games were with Matt Moore. Uh, was, oh, was, Matt was, Moore. Not, yeah. was not with, uh, you know, Patrick Mahomes. So um, I think that they, he's at least in play. He's somebody that they try to kind of get the ball in his hands in uh, numerous different ways. And I think that they kind of uh, maybe unleash him a little bit in this game. So 3,800, uh, McCole Hardman is super interesting to me. So if, if you don't want to play Tyree Kill, uh, I would at least want some piece of this game and some piece of this offense. And I think getting, you know, getting, you know, some, some action on, on McCole Hardman is certainly a way to do that. Um, you know, some of the other ones, you know, I flip a coin on Chris Godwin and Mike Evans, really. I mean, Jesus, like you never know which ones it's going to be, which one's going to get the most opportunities. Last week, neither one of them did a whole lot, but that was just a really weird game. You know, Jameis played a really great game, but they just never really needed to throw the ball for touchdowns. And they kept, you know, lining up and, uh, you know, using the running backs, which I haven't seen. So, but I think that changes a little bit this week. So I'm a little bit more right now on Chris Godwin than I am Mike Evans, but I think you could go either way. I mean, they're 73 and 7,200. So we'll see on that one. But, you know, moving down from there, DJ Moore is in an elite spot at 7K. You know, Devontae Parker, you mentioned, he is sixth in weighted opportunity rating over the last four weeks and third in, in total air yards. Where you know you could say the same for DJ Moore, who's actually number one in air yards over the last over the last four over the last four games. His forty-seven targets is most in the is most over that span as well. So 
there's a lot to like about DJ Moore. DJ Moore has really kind of balled all year, but earlier in the year, people weren't as high on him because of the fact that he really wasn't he really wasn't finding the end zone. But like I said, over the past four weeks, he does have those three touchdowns, so he's starting to see some positive regression in that department as well. So I love DJ Moore. Whether you want to stack him with Kylan or you just want to play him by himself, like I think having a lot of exposure to DJ Moore is, is certainly a way to go. Devonte Parker, it's it's weird. Like uh, you almost feel gross. Like every time you play him, because it's like for years we kind of just kind of buried this dude. He really has been solid this year. Like he does not have a. He, you have to go all the way back to week three for to find a week where he had under double digit fantasy points. Right. I mean, he's he's been pretty consistent. Thirty four last week, which was his biggest game of the year. That's the one concern, I guess, with his price tag is is he just going to give you the fifteen to eighteen points? You know, because that's kind of where his range has been, other than this last week and then week eleven. He played. He he got twenty point five because those are only two games that he had over a hundred. Now some of those games, it's kind of tough to to monitor because he also was playing with Josh Rosen in some of those games and everything else. But I mean, he mm-hmm. has especially since Preston Williams has been out. I mean, the dude has ten targets. 10 targets, 11 targets, 10 targets. With that kind of with that kind of level of volume, you have to play Devontae Parker, even though it feels a little bit dirty doing it. And then from there, like, we kind of talk about it, right? Like, Minnesota, right, has – Marvin Jones has, uh, has made Minnesota his bitch, right? I mean, he, he really has. Like, he has fucking crushed Minnesota. Like, do you have any interest in him at 5,400? That's way too cheap. I mean – he, relatively speaking, Kev, he he has. I mean, he had the four touchdown game this year, uh, earlier this year. He's had a two touchdown game against them, and then he's had some some middle of the road games. I wouldn't say crushed it, but definitely like some of his highest upside games in his career have have come against this team. Uh, I definitely have upside, or I definitely have interest with him because of his upside. Um, at fifty four hundred, I mean, <laughs> you know that is. That's that's enticing. That's that's definitely nice. Um, who, whoever the quarterback is out there, I think you definitely want to have exposure to him. You know, I, I think people will try and get to Kenny Galladay, and I, both of us, I feel like, love Kenny Galladay. But the Kenny Galladay is going to hit when he gets those bombs as he opened up the game with against Chicago on Thanksgiving. You know, he had the seventy-five yarder, and yeah, he did. You know, he's still getting another seventy-five yards there. Um, but without the touchdown at 75 yards on three catches, um, that 170 yard bomb for the touchdown really put him into that elite status there where he's getting, you know, 28, 30 point upside. Marvin Jones is just always, always around. And honestly, in that game, Kev, if, if we go back and, and look at it, he had a ton of red zone targets in that game. Uh, I believe he had he had three that I can recall just off the top of my memory watching that game. Uh, two in the first half where he was missed and they weren't able to convert with him. Uh, and then another one, I believe, in the second half. So, um, you know, that's definitely a, a compelling uh, reminder for me in wanting to play Marvin Jones this week at that price tag if uh, he's going to get the looks there with – you know, TJ Hawkinson not really being around, Amendola not being a thing. It's really who do you pick between Amendola or uh, between Kenny Galladay and, and Marvin Jones? And I'll take the lower price guy. Yeah, I agree. I I, I like and, I really like um, Marvin Jones this week. I think that he's in a great spot, especially at fifty four hundred. Like that is a great price tag for him, and kind of get some opportunity there with him. Um, you know, some of the other ones. And, 
what? Oh, I was going to say, Kevin, and he should he should see Xavier Rhodes, right? And Xavier Rhodes has been not the Xavier Rhodes that we're used to talking about um, in this matchup. No, yeah, Xavier Rhodes has been a, a complete dumpster fire this year. So, so you know, some of the other ones, I think, you know, with Andy Dalton uh, back again and playing again this week, 5,900 Tyler Boyd, uh, you know, Z- uh, Zach Pascal uh, mm-hmm. against Tampa Bay, elite matchup. I-, I like him, especially with no T.Y. Hilton. And then, um, like I already mentioned, Debo Samuel. I think you can, uh, you know, if you want to get a little cute and play some of him, I think you could do that at 5,600 to kind of move him all over the field. And then some of the other ones that I really like, Robbie Anderson, 5,100, you know, just a just pure tournament, tournament play. Been talking then, about him every week, Kev. You've been talking about him every week. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the weeks he paid yeah. off, you know. Uh, actually, the last two weeks. I mean, what am I talking about? I mean, last week he had twenty, and then the week before he had eighteen point six. So, I mean, I wouldn't be mad about that at forty eight hundred. You know, um, I'm just saying. I'm just. I I, I know. I just, I'm just riding the train. I'm riding the Robbie Anderson train. You know, and uh, jump so, up on it. <laughs> choo choo. Uh, you know. Oh my god. <laughs> So, you know, a good leverage play, I think, is Curtis Samuel at 4,900. Um, you know, a good leverage spot off of yeah. DJ Moore if you if you don't want to play him and you need, you know, a spot down here and, you you know, this you know if you have 5K remaining, uh, Curtis Samuel will probably be the first guy I get to. Um, and then past that, I just think most of them would be um, pure dart throws. Uh, you know, Alan Lazard last week who kind of uh, had a pretty big game in that game against the Giants. You know, he's somewhat interesting at 4,200. He kind of has, has emerged as the number two wide receiver in that offense. Yeah. And, 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 you know, Auden Tate, I think, is always available or always a decent play against the uh, against the, against, against the Browns. Like I said, I think it's just a boost to the offense with Andy Dalton back. And then you kind of just get down to, like I said, McCole Hardman is is is, uh, is interesting. Uh, Kenny Stills, you know, all those type of plays. I think down here in the sub four K range, if you're wanting to, you know, kind of punt the position, I think those guys. And then last one, I don't think I mentioned, I, I, I passed him was Will Fuller. I like him a lot too in this spot. He's questionable right now, but I definitely think he's played. He was limited. I don't think there's anything to really worry about there. But I think Will Fuller back in this offense, I think, is also um, a, a fantastic. Speaker. Yeah, Will Fuller, 5,500. My goodness. I mean, has a touchdown called back. It's just so frustrating on that showdown slate there against New England. Really would have really would have helped me out in some lineups. But 5,500 for Will Fuller. This was a guy, Will Fuller, who we you, you just played him. Because he was 100 yards or a touchdown guaranteed every week with the first couple of games with Deshaun Watson. And because of the injury between the two of them, I feel like that that's kind of gone to the wayside. But he definitely, even with Kenny Stills being there, he definitely has a role in this offense solidified. And I I really, you know, 5,500 is just too cheap for a guy like him who can put up, you know, 35, 40 points on a given week because of, of the air yards that he's able to see. Uh, Kev, before we move on to the tight end position, you know, I wanted to touch on a couple of things here uh, before we move on. We're, it looks like we're getting John Ross back for Cincinnati. So he's going to be playing for his first game. It, it would be his first game uh, since week four. And he started off the year extremely strong, was looking like a great option, whether that be in redraft or uh, DFS purposes because he was so cheap. Um, he's coming now into the mix. And, and, you know, if this was Ryan Finley, I might not even think about bringing it up. But because we we got 
Andy Dalton back at the helm with John Ross being back at 4,400. And, and uh, again, I want to talk about, uh, or not again, but I want to bring up uh, Cody, uh, your guy who <laughs> you guys do the, the fantasy authority podcast with uh, Cody was bringing up dart throws and what we think about them and, and, what makes for a viable one? Are we looking for volume? Are we are we looking for upside? Is floor a matter of consideration? And John Ross is a guy where I'm not thinking about floor at all. I'm looking at the situation. If Auden Tate's banged up, if Andy Dalton's the quarterback here, if I can find any rhyme or reason to get this dude in the lineup who has, you know, GPP winning upside, uh, I'm going to go there. So are you interested in, in a guy like John Ross at all, Kev, coming back from the shoulder injury uh, and playing this week against the Browns? The upside, I think, is certainly there because he's somebody that has game-breaking abilities and it has a home run speed. But it's tough to trust somebody coming off an injury. Forty-four hundred is not the. I mean, it's not a terrible price tag by any means. I'll tell you what; like, it yeah. feels like it was almost just last year. It just feels like it was last year whenever he did all this, right? Like, it doesn't feel like that he, right. that, like, he had a 37-point week and a 24-point week the first two weeks of the season. Um, I don't know. It just seems like it was so long ago. It's like, like did that really happen? But, yeah, I mean, he was in the midst of a of, of kind of a, a little a pseudo-breakout um, to start the year, and then, you know, he got hurt. So, yeah, I, mean, I think if you wanted to play him at 4,400, you could. Uh, you know, he again, a pure GPP play, somebody that you would only look to play in, you know, in, tur- in tournaments, and I wouldn't have a ton of exposure to him, maybe a 5% play, 10% play, depending on how many lineups you're playing. If you're only playing 10 lineups or less, I wouldn't even probably consider it at all. But, again, he's somebody that can, you know, house call a 60-yard touchdown. For sure. I, I mean, I, I'm interested in him. Uh, I would definitely, again, with those dart throws too, I also want to look at ownership. Uh, how high owned are they going to be? If he goes under the radar um, and it seems like everything's going well through practice throughout the week, uh, I could see myself finding some exposure uh, to him because of that upside. Uh, Kev, I got your boy here on the screen for those who are watching on YouTube. Or, or anywhere where you can see video via Periscope or what have you. Christian Blake. So every wide receiver priced above him for Atlanta has a questionable tag tied to their name. So Julio's questionable. Ridley's questionable. Russell Gage is questionable. Christian Blake was a guy you brought up on the Thanksgiving podcast. He comes in at 3300 If one or multiple of these guys miss, or if we get word that somebody's limited, Christian Blake exposure, where are you coming in at? First, I mean, we can just talk about the fact that I remember whenever I brought up Christian Blake on that podcast that... Yeah, we ain't talking about that. We yeah, ain't talking about that. We just laughed. Laugh. I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> and oh my gosh, Christian. Yeah, Turned out yeah. to be a fine play at, at, at not minimum 3K. You know, I mean, he didn't break the slate, but I think he ended up with what, 11 or 13, something like that. Not bad for a 3K player. Regardless. No, I mean, he definitely... Like it not only broke the slate, but you were, you know, that helped you out in some GPPs because of how low owned he was. Um, those 11 points, it definitely paid off with some. Michael Thomas didn't really get there. Um, Calvin really didn't really get to that spot. So depending on how you built your teams, you definitely were feeling pretty great with some Christian Blake in your life. Yeah, nine targets, but, you know, he's 18 targets the last two weeks. But, you know, and he honestly... I, I think he can end up being, you know, the wide receiver three for them, possibly, depending on what happens with some of these other 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 guys. You know, we're going to have to monitor, you know, what happens with Julio. It sounds like they're saying that uh, he's trending in the right direction. He, he's been limited this week, but that's all he really needs to be anyway to, for him to play. He doesn't really – so I think there's a pretty good chance Julio does play. 
which then I think makes Christian Blake probably irrelevant. But because I also think there's yeah. a chance with Austin Hooper as well to be back. So uh, I couldn't do it unless we get word that some of these guys are ruled out. And if you get some guys that are ruled out and Julio's ruled out again, even if really to me, if just Julio's ruled out, I think that does open the door for Christian Blake again at 3,300. So yeah, I think you could do that. You know, if, if you, what, 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 are, what are your thoughts about Tim Blake? Or Tim Blake, Tim Patrick. God, Tim Blake. Yeah, I was, I was, Tim Patrick. Was, it's tough now because of, because uh, that first game that he played this year, he had the eight right. targets, but then the last two weeks, the offense really hasn't been good. They, you know, they only scored three points, lost big time to Buffalo, which was a terrible matchup. He had three targets, and last week he only had two. That, it was a home game where they kind of controlled a little bit against LA. This game is a, a game where I feel like they're going to have to throw the ball a lot because they're probably going to be behind. Would you have any interest in a Tim Patrick, or is that just way too thin for you? Yeah, it's it's too thin for me. Um, I, I would have loved it if we kind of got the, you, you know, target share that we were looking for with Drew Locke being there at quarterback. Um, Cause these are coming, you know, these are coming with uh, Allen at the quarterback position there for Denver. And he really was not even on Drew Locke's radar last week. So it, it's thin for me. I'd, I'd, I'd be willing to pay. What is his price? $6,400 price tag. I, I wouldn't do it in one-offs, but in game stacks, if you're, if you're, uh, targeting the Houston side and want to get there. Um, Cortland Sutton on the other side there, I think it's just way more the upside, safer play any way that you want to dice it, um, it is what I would get to. I, I just can't play Tim Patrick. Uh, Kev, let's, before we move on to tight ends real quick, I just want to get your opinion here. Uh, you did talk about Debo Samuel. You talked about Jimmy Garoppolo. Debo Samuel, let, let's just hypothetically uh, I think he'll be um, – where, where did I have it here? I want to pull it up. Basically, I'm alluding to – I want to get your opinion on who uh, – wide receiver that I want to target. I think Marshawn Lattimore is going to be the guy who will see either Debo or Emmanuel Sanders. So if P.J. Williams is on a guy like Kendrick Bourne, um, he's coming in under 4K. He's 3,700. Uh, he's should be in a pretty decent spot here. Um, what, what say you on a guy like Kendrick Bourne, who, uh, is pretty much the only other target from a wide receiver standpoint in on this team. I'm, he ran, uh, 15 routes last week, uh, which was right behind Debo and, and Emmanuel Sanders, who were both at 20, um, running out of the slot there. Uh, to get his exposure, uh, Dante Pettis and Richie James have not been anywhere, uh, anywhere near the field or or any type of exposure there. So Kendrick Bourne at thirty seven hundred, I feel like I could definitely get exposure to him as a dart throw um, in a favorable matchup uh, going against PJ Williams if that's who's guarding him, and then a favorable game matchup just in general. I don't, I don't love it either, but yeah, I mean, if you wanted to play him, I think that's a um an area you could go to. Uh, two more that I think are interesting that I, that I, as I'm sitting here looking at this, um, one, you, you know, I kind of talked about McCall Hardman and I, while I think that he, he's the one I would probably rather go with. If you wanted to go with like, a, like if you, if you're building a lineup and you absolutely love the lineup and you only have 33, $3,400 left, mm-hmm. you know, fitting in a Demarcus Robinson isn't crazy either. 
I mean, if you go back last week, uh, certainly wasn't it. But you know, past you know before that, before last week in a game where they kind of blew everybody out. Uh, I mean, Demarcus Robinson played fifty-seven percent of the snaps against the Chargers, sixty-one percent against Tennessee, only twenty-six against Minnesota, but then sixty-six, seventy-eight, eighty-four. While while he has been trending down a little bit in terms of snap share, like he's still out there running routes and everything else. So at thirty-three hundred, Demarcus Robinson. You know he has that connection with with Patrick Mahomes and everything else. So like if you're looking for a dart throw, like Demarcus Robinson might be one of them. And the other one that I'm going to have not a ton of interest in, but like if I had to play a, a wide receiver that was thirty five hundred dollars and above, that it would be Paris Campbell. Paris Campbell practiced in full today, and you know after coming off a hand injury. But they're they're getting the, they're they're getting the bucks this week. We've talked about how great that matchup is thirty two hundred dollars for Paris Campbell. Uh, I really like this matchup. The last game that he played, he went five for 53. Um, he ended up leaving early against Pittsburgh. But we, we've seen some upside from him a little bit this year. And, and I think that now without, um, you know, without no T.Y. Hilton, they're, they're limited in opportunities or at, with uh, explosive players and stuff like this. And a matchup against Tampa, who's absolutely horrendous um, against the pass. I think a Paris Campbell, who, like I said, back in practice full, $3,200. I like some Paris Campbell. Okay, yeah, no, definitely. It's a good, it's a good matchup for the Indy wide receivers. So I don't, I don't hate that call at all. Uh, just was looking at the routes that Demarcus Robinson was running, and yeah, he's right behind uh, Tyree Kill and and Sammy Watkins when it comes to um, running routes on the field. Nobody else is really getting there with Pat Mahomes being back, bring, kind of being nothing. So a very interesting play there um, for nobody that. For somebody that did not catch a target or see a target catch a pass in last game. Uh, Kev, let's move on to the tight end position as we get ready to wrap up the pod here. We got tight end and defense left. And real quick, let's just sit on some of these plays. So tight end uh, always feels a little bit thin uh, than, than most of the other positions. We got, you know. Guys going on IR, guys who are ending up questionable, um, really just not too many spots that are really great. Uh, for me, it really starts with Jack Doyle. Uh, Jack Doyle was a guy we talked about last week. He was 3,300 only uh, going against Tennessee, saw a season high 11 targets with Eric Ebron going to IR, six catches for 73 yards and a touchdown. Um, you know, really looked like he would be a better play to kind of start off uh instead of the chalk Tyler Higby, but uh, Tyler Higby ended up, you know, smashing and putting up 26 or whatever the case may be. But this is a, another good spot for Jack Doyle. He's going against Tampa Bay. It's on the road. Uh, I, I love this spot for him. He's 4,600. It feels priced up because of how cheap he was last week. But again, no Eric Ebron. Yeah, Paris Campbell may be back, but again, no T.Y. So the second favorable matchup for a tight end, on the slate, I just I just want to have so much uh, exposure to Jack Doyle. Fourth most points allowed to tight end uh, is what Tampa Bay is doing. And then Jack Doyle saw 94% of the snap share uh, in, with going along with all those targets last week. So that definitely is compelling to me and where I want to start. Uh, Gasecki, Kev, he comes in at 4K. Um I still think he's quietly going under the radar. He's got double-digit DK games in the past couple of weeks. He, again, was priced a little bit lower than it, he comes in at for week 14. But seven targets, seven targets, six targets, six targets uh, in the past four games. Then he had three, 
four, but then seven, <clears throat> seven again against Washington. Uh, going against the Jets here, it seems like he's carved out himself a little bit of the role, a little bit of the security blanket there for Ryan Fitzpatrick. Uh, you know, back-to-back games with the touchdown. Um, Jets, I'm not sure where they come in against the tight end uh, position, but just because of the role that he has, it seems – uh, it seems pretty compelling to me. Um, they're, they're honestly not – the Jets aren't, uh, aren't really that bad against the tight end position, but um, with just um, the amount of exposure. The last time they played, uh, he had six for 95. Six for 95, okay. So, I mean, basically, he, he might be the reason why uh, the Jets are even remotely um, – you know, bad at the position as they as they come with pretty pretty good defense there. But I I, I do like getting exposure to him. Um, and then where was I going to go here? Uh, the other one was, and I can't find him now. But wherever Fells is at uh, for Houston, uh, he he seems to be splitting time with Atkins, and it I never know who it's going to be, um, but. It seems like, you know, from a touchdown standpoint, he's got seven on the year. Incredible. Uh, he's getting a lot of red zone looks. And if you're going to play Deshaun Watson in this game, uh, going against Denver, I think calling a stack option to go along uh, with that is I think a lot of people will, you know, try and just target the wide receiver position uh, from that realm. But I, I like getting to some some fells this week uh, if I can make it work or if I'm looking at uh, complete game stacks there. Uh, so that's where I'm looking at a tight end. Where, where are you at Kevin? And what are you trying to get to? Oh, and, and Vance McDonald too. But I, I mean, it's the flow chart. It's not really the player. Whereas like Tyler Higby, I felt like had more of an upside just with the amount we're seeing Jared Goff throw the ball. Um, but it is still flow chart. So he has to, he has to be named. First of all, you know, I, you know, it needs to be mentioned that um, poor one out for the boy, Dan Arnold. He was uh, released um, this week by the Saints. Now he may end up <laughs> winding back up on their practice squad if he goes unclaimed. But um, anyways, always got to give Dan Arnold a shout out. So for me, I think it's going to be pretty, pretty easy. One, it's really going to depend on what happens with Austin Hooper as well. Uh, he got in another limited practice today after last week kind of trending upward. It seems like he's starting to trend forward. And if he ends up as active, it's going to be hard not to play him. He's been one of the most, you know, one of the most um, steady tight ends we've seen all year. But there is always the injury, the possibility that he re-injures himself. So he's playing for a team that's not playing. So paying 6 k for Austin Hooper, you'd hope that maybe he would have been priced down a little bit. But nope, uh, no, no such thing here. So for me, I think where I'm really going to start is uh, I, I do like Hunter Henry quite a bit at 5100 I still think that that is a good price tag for him. <clears throat> and then uh, Jack Doyle, 4600 I thought it was funny last week. A lot of people kind of were trying to talk themselves into why Jack Doyle wasn't a good play. Until you know, I, I heard some touts talk about it, and you know, it just didn't make any sense. I'm like, we're really like, we're we're gonna like, if you just looked at the splits without Ebron on the field, um, I mean, he had 11 targets last week, and he was 3,300 dollars. Like, it was so easy to get the path to play him. So I'm gonna have uh, quite a bit, uh, even still at 4,600 of Jack Doyle, great matchup against Tampa Bay. Uh, I don't have to really elaborate more on the Vance McDonald call, uh, 100% flow chart that we've seen Ross Dwelly go off on his team. So. Um, yeah, I, if you don't want to play, uh, you know, if you want to play Vance McDonald, you know, a hundred percent, $4,300, um, 
I think that I like the Mike Gesicki call. He's all, he's running a, lot, a ton of routes as well. Uh, 32, 34, 40. I mean, that, that's some elite uh, usage there by a tight end. So uh, he's he's become you know one A or one B to Devontae Parker's one uh, uh, A in this offense in terms of uh, targets. So I do like Mike Gesicki. I like that call at four K. You know, if you want to get a little weird, um, I think there's a spot you can do it. Because old man Greg Olson, uh, I got hit with a concussion last week. He has not practiced yet this week, did not practice today. And with this team pretty much being pretty much eliminated from the playoffs, and I wouldn't, like I said, I think this might be Greg Olson's last year. I think he may retire after this year. Ian Thomas is only $2,500. He's the nut minimum and a good matchup against Atlanta. I really like Ian Thomas at $2,500. I think everything aligns for him. Even last week, whenever Greg Olson went out, he had four targets. I don't know. Um, in a week where we're right now there's not a lot of obvious value, I think paying down at tight end and paying a $2,500 Ian Thomas, who is familiar with the offense and is an explosive, is an explosive player, I think um, is certainly a spot that I'm going to go to. Yeah, I, he's he's definitely in play at that price tag. And then Logan Thomas as well. Uh, people were asking about him. Uh, just just a matter of TJ Hawkinson going on IR, next man up. Um, we haven't really seen the uh, share there for targets, but he is going to be a backup. We do like when we can get guys who are practice squad or backups with the backup. So if David Blau is out there, um, then I think, you know, maybe there's something that could be said for Logan Thomas at 2,600. Um I don't I don't see myself getting there at all. Um, Ian Thomas is a much better play, and I will have some Kyle Allen exposures. So uh, I, I don't hate that at all, Kev. Um, that's definitely a good call by you to bring him up. Um, lastly, before defense, uh, any exposure to these guys at the top at all, you think? Or are they too pri- high priced that it, you, you'd have trouble getting there? Kev, you may be muted. Just in case, because I can't hear you. I thought I hit the button. Did not. So Kelsey is certainly is always in play every single week. It's like we talked about, like he's kind of like a wide receiver, and at sixty two hundred, like that is probably way too cheap for him. I'm not really that concerned with the New England matchup. Um, so yeah, I mean the targets are going to be there. Sixty two hundred price tag. Uh, you know, last week he was seventy two hundred. You know, we've seen him in, in this kind of spot before. Where at this price tag, uh, you know, go back to week eleven where he was sixty two hundred against the Chargers, uh, where he dropped seven ninety two and a touchdown against the Chargers. So, um, yeah, you can definitely play him. Kittle, uh, I don't, I don't really care about this matchup that or the matchup as long as he plays fifty nine hundred. I think it's too cheap for him as well. And then, like I said, I already talked about the you know the Hunter Henrys, the the Jack Doyles. Um, I, I really like them and their spots are in. So yeah, if it was me and I had to make a decision on one of these and I had the money to play one of them, price considered, I, I think it's Travis Kelsey would be the clear cut favorite. And then, you know, Kittle would be a, coming shortly after that. And then if Hooper plays, uh, I'll still have some consideration for him just because of how much, um, I mean, we saw even J- Jaden Graham, right. Who, uh, you know, with Matt Ryan last week had what four for 40 and a touchdown. So, you know, he loves the tight end. So Austin Hooper, even at 6K, which is super risky at that price tag. I just don't think I could do it coming off an injury. I just would hate to see him go out there, maybe get a couple plays or a couple run, a couple routes, and then just doesn't feel right and gets pulled off the field. And then, you know, 6K for a tight end is pretty steep. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I've been I've been living in the 4K and under range 
uh, for a tight end. So it'd, it'd be tough for me to get there outside of game, outside of game and uh, team stacks. Uh, so like if I'm playing Kelsey, I'm probably playing Mahomes. If I'm playing a guy like Mark Andrews, I'm probably playing uh, Lamar on the other side. Um, and then other than that, I'm just trying to get to, to Jack Doyle and <clears throat> potentially some of these other guys, but Jack Doyle's the guy I'll be heaviest on. Uh, Kevin, let's get to defense as we wrap up the pod here. So with defense for me, it really comes down to two places. This is one where I haven't, even with the high, there's always one high price defense that I really like to get to, and I'm just not finding it this week, at least early on here. So maybe things will open up as the week goes on. But the two that it comes down to me is, and I can't believe I'll play them again, uh, but Jacksonville, um, I really thought they were in a good spot there. They still ended up with six, so I wasn't hurting from it. But 3,300, I wanted a little bit more out of six. They allowed 22 points or 28 points, excuse me, but really 22 uh, is what they got counted against. Uh, still were able to get four sacks against Jameis, no interceptions, but a fumble recovery. Um, they go against the Chargers, Phillip Rivers. They said that he could be benched at any point. So I definitely, you know, like hearing that if we're going to get the backup and then uh, the way they get pressure, I love it. And then the Colts defense for me, Kev, is the other one. They're going against Jameis. They're 24. So this is a, a way better uh Price tag for me going against Tampa Bay than even Jacksonville was last week. And I played Jacksonville. So at 2,400, they just open up so much that you want to do. Uh, put up nine against Tennessee, 10 against Jacksonville a couple weeks back, eight against Miami. They've really, you know, have really been solid at this at this position. If they get you, they go out and get you eight. That's pretty much four X on the position there at the defense. Um, there's only six yeah six defenses price lower than they are so i love getting to the colts this week and just logging out where are you at so for me i, I think the vikings at home i like that at 3800 but i probably will never be i probably will not be able to get up to that for me i think it's really going to be so i think i think i'm going to run i'm going to run the charges at 2800 I'm going to have some interest. I like, I like that Colts call for sure. I think the Cardinals at 2,400 is certainly in play. And then the other one, I like the Chiefs at 2,200. Opportunistic defense. Tom Brady's, uh, you know, had some issues with turning the ball over lately. And, you know, I think they're going to be bringing the house, uh, like I said, against this. And I'm going to stand with this. And I said, $2,200 KC. I have no problem with doing that. Fair enough, Kev. That's uh, I mean, how many homer calls are you gonna make this podcast? I know, right? I like, I, I'm trying to not to hide it, and maybe, maybe people yeah, that should definitely be 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 pointed out is that uh, I am a Chiefs fan, and so after you know, but um, I don't know. I just think uh, you know, looking at the list logically at twenty two hundred dollars, you know, that, that's uh, a, you know, the fourth cheapest on the slate. I'm not afraid of this Kansas or excuse me, this New England defense. You know, if you just go back and kind of look at even like the, the Cowboys a few weeks ago, whenever they were playing them, I think they end up getting with, 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 I think they scored nine in Foxborough, I think is what it was, nine to 10, something like that. Um, in Foxborough. Now, obviously, the weather conditions had something to do with that, but um, I'm just not really all that scared of this offense that, that the Patriots have. So, um, yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, that that is the wrap on the week 14 DFS main slate for the DJ Nation podcast. Um, 
we went through all the plays. It's early in the week for us, so a little bit long-winded than you guys might normally be used to, but it wouldn't be a DJ Nation podcast if we didn't go over 90 minutes. So before we leave you guys for week 14 uh, and say our goodbyes, we got to get in this Millie lineup. Uh, some people were asking us, Kev, how the Millie lineups were doing. Um, we had some good heaters there um, right after we had uh, Matt Dixon and uh, – and Derek on uh, from TQE, but uh, <clears throat> and we, week uh, what was last week? Week thirteen. So week twelve, we did pretty decent as well. Week thirteen, we kind of struggled. Uh, lineup was just a little bit too cute. So let's try and bounce back this week and and see if we can you know hit that money line and and even take down uh, the Millie maker or significant money here in the team. Uh, at the very least, let's try and pick some players that we think. We'll get a team win as we get a share of that 50K pot this week in the Millie Maker. So, Kev, let's go ahead, build this team right now on DraftKings Millie Maker. We got nine positions to go. Um, I'm going to start it off. I haven't been starting off for the past couple of weeks. I'm just going to throw in Jamison Crowder at 5,300. That way I know that we get him. Uh, I love him this week. I said that I'll pretty much lock button him in, and I want to stand by that. So, Jamison Crowder at 5,300 is where we're starting. All right, then let's go ahead and just play Sam Darnold. All right, so we're going Sam Darnold uh, on the other side. So let's just see what we got right now. Um, I'll play Devontae Parker for the run back um, and just kind of do that little mini team or mini game stack build off of that, see where we're at. All right, then I'm going to play Christian McCaffrey. I don't think you've said Christian McCaffrey's name in eight weeks. You've been doing this. Um, let's throw let's throw Jack Doyle in at forty six hundred. So right now we're looking at Sam Donald, Christian McCaffrey, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Parker, run back with Jack Doyle at tight end, leaving us forty two twenty five. Running back, wide receiver, flex. So I'm going to play. I'm going to go Darius Geis at forty nine hundred. Um, 4,000 left per wide receiver flex and defense still needed. So we'll definitely, we'll go cheap at D. I already know that'll give us money to play around with. You know what? If we, if we have the stack already, let's just go with it. See what we can do with Robbie. So this is where we're at. I guess this is what we're going to do. I want to play Paris Campbell. Actually, hold on. No, no, no. I think I know what I'm gonna. I'm gonna play. I'm gonna. I, I like. I, I really. I'm gonna play McCall Hardman at 38. You gotta have some exposure to this KC game. Hardman at 38, which leaves us 31 for defense. It's a Saints, Jags, Falcons, Dolphins. Let's go ahead with the Jags. I mean, the Chargers are trash. Um. So the team we have right now, DFS, DJ Nation, Millie Maker, Week 14. Sam Donald, Christian McCaffrey, Darius Geis, Jamison Crowder, Devontae Parker, Robbie Anderson, Jack Doyle, McCall Hardman, and Jaguars D. And no salary remaining. Kev, I think that might be the first or maybe only second build that we've done this year where we haven't left any money on the table, used up the whole salary. So I'm going to go ahead and submit this in. Um, we're, we're rooting on the Dolphins and – and uh, Jets game being a being a high scoring uh, game stack there, and that's going to do it for the Week 14 podcast 
for the DGEN Nation uh, main slate here on DraftKings. We appreciate you guys joining us. As we said, um, always you can find the you can find the podcast on YouTube. You can find it on Periscope. You can go ahead and find it. You know, go to the fantasyauthority.com. We're there. iTunes. We're there. Stitcher. We're there. We're we're trying to give you guys multiple avenues where you can like, uh, download, listen back, and. Uh, and just have some fun with us. And and as well, you know, we want to get you guys in that free Slack chat if you aren't already. So DM Kevin at Fantasy Rap 13 or DM the DFS DGen Nation uh, at DGen Nation Pod on Twitter. And we can definitely get you guys in there. You can DM me as well. I keep saying everybody else. You DM me too at Ryan Alexander underscore W uh, on Twitter is where uh, – where you can do that. We want to get you guys in the free Slack chat. Still talking redraft. I know a lot of people, I got their fantasy playoffs that are kicking off this week. Um, if you want to, you know, talk start sit, we got that for you. You want to talk dynasty, we got that for you. DFS, we got that for you. Uh, it's a good time over there. So hop in the free Slack chat. Kev, you got final words for the people before we sign off? Yeah, I meant to say this at the beginning, uh, not too long of a, a rant here, but, um, you know, we got a little, um, a, uh, a, a, a review on the pod uh, through iTunes this week, and it kind of pissed me uh-huh. off a little bit, to be honest with you, because, like, I, I don't get, I, I really don't care what people, you know, like, if people are, you know, obviously entitled to their own opinion, and I get that, but, uh, one of the things that stood out to me that, that I think really what it was more than anything was when it said something along the lines of that we argue too much. And I don't think it's an every week thing that we argue. Uh, I think it happens from time to time. But I'll be honest with you, I would much rather listen to a podcast where people are passionate about their takes or their opinion and willing to you know kind of talk it out and hash it out than people that are sit around and fucking circle jerk the entire time and where it's just like, I'm going to play this guy. And then the next guy goes, I'm going to play this guy. And there's no conversation about it. There's no argument. There's no nothing because you don't get smarter from that one. Um, I think it, I think it really trains like your mindset. And uh, I think it kind of allows you to look at things a little bit differently. So like, I would never want to listen to a podcast that does that ever. Like it, like, it's it there one that's not exciting there's no entertainment value to it um and then i think the people just just that generally just agree the entire time i just think is is is, is just terrible right and so people that are going to sit here I, I want you to challenge me if i'm wrong and i and i have a bad take or i have a hot take or whatever it is like i want you to challenge me and i i want you to tell me why you, you disagree because i think there's people that are going to disagree with what i think or disagree with what your opinion is on it and to see the other side and to talk it through i think is much more valuable than like I said, just sitting around and doing a circle jerk the entire time. And so I don't know that really like that one part, like, I don't care what you say. You can tell me I'm a fucking moron. You can tell me I'm an idiot. You can tell me whatever you want. I don't care. Right. Like I'm used to it, whatever. I, I'm a little bit more contrarian than most. And I, I'm, I'm fine with that. And sometimes that my player pool in the beginning is a little bit too much. And I understand all those things and that's fine. But to say that, that when people try to give me a negative review because we're too passionate about it and because we're not just fucking people who sit around. And like I said, there's podcasts out there that do that. Literally, there's no conversation about it. It's just a simple 
one off of I'm just going to tell you the players I'm going to play. You're going to tell me the players you're going to play. There's no conversation about it. I fucking hate those kinds of things. And I think those things are bullshit. And if, if that's what you want to listen to, go find that. And, and that's fine. Because this is never what's going to be here. I think on most weeks we're generally uh, not super argumentative. But when it happens, I think it's great. And it's not planned. It's not anything. It's because we believe in our takes and we're a strong opinion in, in our takes. And that's what I want. I want people that, that stand by their takes and believe in that because that tells me that they're that uh, that they're passionate about it and they believe in it. They're not just coming out here and just throwing some names out here and calling it a day. Because we all, at the end of the day, are messing with people's money, right? Like we're, like people listen, they want to learn something. So like, there's value in that a lot more than a redraft pod or a dynasty podcast um, because like we're messing with people's money here. And so if you're not passionate passionate about it and you don't believe in it then get the fuck out and so like i said i don't care if the person has a negative opinion on it. i don't really care like go go listen to something else because this isn't for you and i'm fine with that like it just pissed me off like that's the one thing say that to me and like it just it just, it just pisses me off htk hot take kev unleashed at the end of the dj nation podcast we should have had that at the beginning boy that's a treat for everybody who made it all the way uh what is this now? We're 78 minutes in uh, to the podcast. So uh, listen, we we, appre- or we appreciate every- actually more than that now that I'm looking at it, uh, to be honest. But anyway, we appreciate everybody who's coming on 108 minutes in. Um, we, we do. We we are very passionate about it here at the DFS DJ Nation. I think anybody who's in the Slack chat, anybody who's interacted with us um, would know that. And it's not even to... I don't even want to do a, 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 a plug. It's not any type of selfish play, but I don't think we would get the, the guests that we have gotten. If you go back and look um, through our queue, through our podcast history, when we started, how we started, uh, and to get where the point we are, and even the guests we've had this year, I don't think we're getting those guests without um, – some credit to our names, some, the passion that we bring to it and and just the authenticity when, you know, if we hit on a play, we drum the beat, we'll take it to the grave. Um, I do. We've won big money. We've lost uh, with everybody who's been a part of the DFS DJ nation with us. So I think they know that, you know, we're not saying to play certain guys and then going in and turning in lineups that have no, nowhere resemblance to them. I talked about Devontae Freeman on Thanksgiving. I played him. Kev, you talked about Christian Blank on Thanksgiving. You played him. We played some bonehead plays that it might seem like. We played some plays that were dart throws and they paid off. So, uh, you know, we're, we're here for the people. We're here because we're degenerates and that's where the whole thing came from. We we wanted to share that with everybody and, and kind of get, get them on board. So, uh, for those of you who have stuck by the DJ Nation and are are part of are part of the family, we appreciate you. For those who are on the outside looking in, we want you to come on in. Come on in, share those thoughts with us. Get into the YouTube channel. Let us know what you're thinking. Let us know that we're we're rambling too long. Let us know that Kev's a donkey and is coming up with these ridiculous plays. Let me know uh, when I'm thinking it's way too outside the box and, and playing Delvin Hodges is not going to be a good EV for my bankroll. Um, we, we want you guys involved. Don't just, you know, send the review, get involved with the family. I guarantee you, you will not regret it. And with that being said, we got the Slack chat, hit us up, get in there. We want to see you. It's week 14. We're going into it for myself. 
Ryan Alexander underscore W is where you can find me on Twitter. Kev Steele at Fantasy Rap 13. It's the DGen Nation DFS podcast. We'll see you guys for week 15. We're coming to the we're coming to the end here. We're grinding it out the last couple of weeks before playoff season where we'll join you. But until then, good luck with your bankroll. Good luck in week 14, and we'll see you next week. Peace. Think you can tell me what to do? Know who you're talking to? When you better get used to the way the